0: This episode was originally a live stream on YouTube. You could find out about all my content and how to follow and support me at erichunley.com. I hope to hear from you. And now, on with the show. My name is Eric Hunley, and this is Unstructured, where we have dynamic and informal conversations with some amazing people. And we are live. I want to take a minute for everyone to drift in and hopefully people will start saying why or yes to say that they are here. Okay, And it looks like we are going. So today we are with Jack Barsky, deep undercover KGB agent, who is the first, or not the first, but he's one of many great guests we've had. And as I've told everyone before, the whole point behind this is for you guys to ask questions of my guest. I've done a lot of research. I did a, a really great interview with Jack that I'm quite proud of, but I'm sure that you all have questions too. So if you guys don't mind, make sure you start asking them. Now, I'll start off with one right now. How are you doing today?
1: <laughs> I'm, uh, I caught a virus it's uh, it's called SC nine one one. Stir
0: crazy. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about that. That um, you're under a bit of a lockdown. There's uh, whatever's going on from the state, but then even worse, uh, what's going on at the house?
1: Yeah, wife is worried about you know because I'm ancient um, and, uh, and I'm supposed to be part of uh of the member i a member of the high risk category i am i deny this uh till my <laughs> dying day uh but you know you you you, you want to keep the peace in the house and uh if somebody else can do the shopping so be it
0: well perfect and we already have the first question coming in how close to the tv series americans is the reality
1: no uh, this is uh <clears throat> I've been asked this question uh a lot uh i I gotta give you two answers to that um, first of all, when it comes to the espionage activities of an undercover agent uh none of that is anywhere near reality. It just doesn't work the way this is uh displayed. You can't have a a an, a travel agency and clients and uh, and do all kinds of things and travel all kinds of places and you have kids and all that and then do all these activities that these guys were doing on top of it, they were like super agents. They they <laughs> they knew what how to do everything: uh, pick a lock, uh, 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 decipher code, uh, stuff dead people into uh, suitcases, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on and on. You know that that's just. Fiction—it doesn't work like that. And on top of it, you know, this guy being married uh, uh, to somebody else who didn't know that there was some—yeah, none of that w- works for me. Uh, having said that, you know, the I—I I had uh, I, I met the producers uh, a couple of times, and they always claimed that this is really not an espionage story. It's a story about a, a marriage. And you know, in in that respect, the psych the the psychology, the pressure that comes with being undercover, is is quite well displayed. And eventually, uh, this story you know, I never I never watched the last uh, episode. Uh, eventually, has a pretty sad ending. I understand. Um, but in general, let me volunteer something here, and uh, that may take. Uh, my producer friends off a little bit, this series really may have done a little bit of damage to uh, uh, the United States citizen stance with regard to uh, espionage because it looks so real. Mm. Everybody, I never got the question other than in jest whether James Bond is real. (laughs) Because everybody knows that's not real, so spies don't, uh, run around and uh and uh seduce uh, pretty ladies all the time and and shoot guns and drink and all that and are really good looking
0: but that's and why I'm, you signed up right
1: well i'm one of those but <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> uh, but anyway uh, uh the, the 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 americans looks more real when in fact it's not uh you know my experience is real because i was it Mm-hmm. and i was fundamentally not detectable you you couldn't have found me uh it, unless unless you were really sharp and would wonder about you know why this guy has a funny accent and he he graduated from college when he was in his 30s and he was valedictorian i just what well, something doesn't add up but americans are so <laughs> so naive and so gullible, and they will leave a lot of... You know, Americans are really nice people, and that's a good part of it. But the naivete is not very good for counterintelligence. So I'm sorry, I can ramble on and on, and but I'm going to stop right here. If there's a follow-up <laughs> question, I'll take it.
0: No, that's fine. Um, actually, on that note, when you talked about how people would suspect things, is it possible that because of your profession, I think we talked about this before, what you chose to be in, you know, IT tends to, shall we say, attract people who aren't necessarily socially as adept as others and can be really, really, really hyper-intelligent and may not necessarily get along. So you actually would be closer to the norm with, let's say, a Bill Gates or a Mark Zuckerberg than you are to the football player Biff, (laughs)
1: <laughs> but don't put me in that company in the same breath okay i i, I was i was a a manufactured introvert i'm not an introvert right. it took me a long time to find that out uh because and i tell you why i i really figured this uh uh i was a class clown uh i would lead the gang you know in, in college and you know singing drinking songs
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i enjoyed being on stage introverts aren't like that but when you are an undercover agent you need to keep things close to the vest and you need and you 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 need to keep people uh you know somewhat away from you so i i i turned i, I adopted a lot of introverted uh behavioral traits and once I got out of all of this and I became a public figure, uh, I embraced my old self again. That, that was an interesting journey, by the way. Uh, but the question that you asked initially about uh, spies in, uh, in IT, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, folks, uh, introverted IT specialists, who are and feel underappreciated oh sure and and that can lead to uh, all kinds of weird uh, behavior uh um they're it, good think to recruit Robert aren't hansen, they the uh, hansen it was a mole in the fbi who, mm-hmm. who spied for the uh uh for the kgb he was an underappreciated it guru Enough said so yes uh you i i would be uh concerned with IT geniuses, honestly, that doesn't mean you know. That doesn't be careful. I'm not saying that that there's a sure. high likelihood that you know your your best IT guy is a spy. No, but 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 it's 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 more likely than say among uh, heart surgeons,
0: right? Right. Well, they're susceptible f- to recruitment, right? Like maybe you could have some attractive women or something, or uh, uh, different things. To-
1: especially with an introvert who, who who doesn't know they may be wonderful and lovely and attractive uh, I I hope my son is not listening I have a very good looking son who who is somewhat introverted and you know he's he had his first daddy girlfriend when when he turned 30 he's a, he's 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 a knockout but anyway <laughs> yeah uh that would be a, a vulnerability for an introvert
0: now, did you ever recruit or flip anybody personally, or would you just drop a dime and say, hey, get a hold of this person. They might be somebody worth contacting or converting.
1: The, the rules of the game within uh, the KGB were that uh, you don't do that. You, uh, I, was, I was among other tasks. I, I had the task to be a talent spotter. That okay. means you identify people. Whatever happens with them once identified, they won't tell you. I, I was never given any feedback, not even a hint. Say that was a really valuable uh, lead. Nothing, zero. So you got you got uh, the one that is a spotter, then you got the one who recruits. And assuming that the recruitment is successful, the uh, newly um, the newly uh, minted spy. Uh, will then be handled by a third person. And the three individuals within the KGB wouldn't know of of one another and wouldn't know the history or what happened after. So
0: That makes sense. Now, one thing I'm interested in too is we've talked before about how you have a very strong independent personality and you're very adaptable can think on your feet. And that's why you were chosen for this. Not everybody can just do it. But because of these things, you were seen as a short term or like a ten year clock that they assumed that you would not be um, loyal after ten years. I think I don't know what the term would be.
1: Well, there there, there were some hints that you know the shelf life of an undercover shelf agent. Shelf life. Uh, Thank you. Uh, is about ten years, uh, simply because you just grow into the role that you're playing. It mm. isn't. That, it isn't that you're on stage, and then you go home to your real life. The stage is your real life, and so if you play that role really well, at one point, the there is no more distinction between the real life and the game that you're playing. Uh, and so that was a pretty sharp <clears throat> a conclusion. They seem to. They seem to be willing to drag my. Uh, my stint uh, a little longer because by the time I hit ten years, I was still active, and nobody thought about uh, calling me back until they thought uh, the FBI was uh, uh, ready to pounce, which was false. But nevertheless, it was well. It was about six months past my ten-year anniversary.
0: That was in eighty-eight, though, right? Yep. <clears throat> and uh, follow Berlin Wall was about eighty-nine. So, I mean, was it also because things maybe were a little? going bad back home or, or not perfectly in alignment?
1: No, I don't think so. And I now, you know, with time, I I find uh, a lot more pieces to the puzzle um, mm. as to what happened uh, in my case. Uh, I met uh, a fellow in, in Germany who was just like me, an undercover illegal in the United States, uh, also in New York. He was called back at the same time. Hmm. At the very same time, and uh, he 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 went back in a in a way that he actually was able to go back to the United States. They found out three months later. Hey, false alarm! Go back. And so he went back.
0: (laughs) Oh, maybe they thought they had a defection or something. That that would make sense. And they had to.
1: Well, they you know, first of all, the KGB, unlike uh, current uh, Russian intelligence services, was very worried about uh, their agents getting caught. So they were extremely nervous at any point when there was some thought that, you know, somebody might get caught, they will pull them out uh, rather than, you know, take the extended risk or not worry about somebody getting caught. Because, you know, there's also nowadays, I think uh, Russia uh, thinks there's value in in people getting caught simply because that scares us.
0: Oh, an embarrassment like Anna Chapman and that kind of thing
1: embarrassment and you know and and americans getting scared and, and seeing russians everywhere you know it's it's mm. uh, it's it, it's part of the psychology it's different from again the kgb was very protective of the agents very protective
0: okay well this is really kind of putin isn't it i mean is it his philosophy that's being pushed down or is that a, in general philosophy
1: well i would think he doesn't disagree with that philosophy otherwise it it wouldn't be uh in action that way uh you i i don't think you know everything always comes from the very top it, a single individual doesn't have the bandwidth to do that but clearly he he agrees with the overall strategy otherwise otherwise you know uh when you know remember in 2010 when those five illegal couples were caught uh they they celebrated them back home you know they, hmm. they they became even though it's clearly documented that they really achieved nothing other than hanging out illegally for a number of years uh but you know the the propaganda value that the Russians thought they have is like you know in your face, look, we had these there may be many others and i've i'm mm-hmm. I'm hearing this a lot, people are asking. How many, how many sleepers do you think are still in the United States? I'm not going to answer my own question, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, all right. Um, well, it, it sounds almost like a, a similar strategy as terrorism. Every terrorist attack means that we're under threat and that we could be attacked or we're vulnerable somewhere else. So that uh, seems like a similar principle.
1: Agreed, and in that <clears throat> within that framework, you can, you have no. Comp- compunction sending not highly trained uh, people out or sort of like volunteers like this uh, uh, this Russian lawyer who got close to the NRA I forgot her name Uh, but anyway uh, (laughs) you know it's okay you just you know you if they get caught well somehow we deal with it but we we scare yeah we scare the Americans a little bit I don't think they scare intelligence officials or government officials who are properly briefed, but
0: the population. Speaking of that, I've got some more questions. In now, this is from uh, Jason Gable or Gable. To this day, do you continue to look over your shoulder?
1: (laughs) I never did, and I tell you why. This is this is not not the answer he's looking for, but looking over your shoulder was from day one was, was, was hammered into me. You don't do that. You never ever look back because that's a sign that, uh, you know, you're, you're worried that uh, somebody might be behind you, <clears throat> but he's after more of a generic answer. uh Am I sort of worried? Uh How much time do I have? The short answer is I always say, no, not really, <clears throat> but I, I, uh, some two years ago, I proved to myself that I was lying to myself. And I, this is an interesting anecdote. I was in Germany on a book tour and, uh, at the end, you know, I was mingling with some people and there was this, this, this odd character who came up to me and he had a, com- we had a conversation about how he was so surprised that I could sleep well and, it was all about sleeping, and you know. I eventually he 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 was too much of a nuisance, so I <laughs> extended my hand to say goodbye to him, and he touched with his rather than grabbing my hand, he touched my my uh, wrist, my right hand wrist with his left hand, and then looked me in the eyes and he says, "And I wish you a wonderful night." <laughs> so I go back to the hotel. I I take my shirt off, and where he touched me, there was a red spot. Oh wow! So, wow. I, I I had a traveling companion. I call, called him, and I said, "Hey, do you do you know do, do we know anything about this church, and do we know anything about this guy? You know, should I call a doctor? Should you know? I didn't want to call a doctor and feel and and then be uh, told you know there's nothing. I didn't want to be you know be uh, you know uh, found out that I'm <clears throat> unreasonably scared." And as we were talking, eventually this uh, uh, this red spot disappeared. It was apparently a, sort of a contact uh, reaction for to something that he had on his hand. But but you know, <laughs> it's still it creepy. Was not, soon after the script, the attempt on uh, Skripal. So it clearly was proved to me that uh, you know I'm still concerned. Let's put it this way.
0: Wow, and I mean, with Putin especially. I mean, I I don't know if you have any of that, but. People seem to die or suffer very greatly outside of the country when they cross him. Maybe that's just me, but you know yeah. things like radiation poisoning is pretty creepy.
1: Yes, uh, you don't want to cross Mr. Putin. You don't want to get into the top five of his uh, enemies list. Uh, and so uh, I stay away from any kind of personal attacks. For which I don't have any ammunition, anyway. You know, right. when people ask me what do you think of Putin, I said, "Well, the answer is, <clears throat> you know, the kind of government he's running, but he's a he's a one of the smartest politicians in the last uh, century or two, and because he he's maintaining power in a in a country that's not doing so well overall."
0: Yeah, is he more of a a strong man? Yeah leader versus a communist type oh uh,
1: communism I think uh, is not important to him that ideology he must have shed a long time ago he may not ever have embraced it, embraced it. he is a Russian nationalist and as as you may remember he, he once stated uh, in public that the greatest tragedy of the 20th century was the Uh, uh, the fall of the Soviet Union. Uh, So he sees himself uh, in line of the strongmen that uh, ruled Russia uh, and the Soviet Union in between. So we're talking with a whole line of czars, and then you had Lenin and you had Stalin. And after that, were a bunch of weak leaders of the Soviet Union, and uh, Putin is trying to rebuild that strength for Mother Russia. Mother Russia is a something that uh, Americans that 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 expression is very difficult to understand unless you have been to Russia or you have been exposed to Russian literature and culture it's very very strong
0: well yeah and we really can't understand it because it's almost anathema to America isn't it yeah
1: it mother america doesn't exist father america doesn't exist we Mm-mm. Uh, you know, what, what we have in our DNA is, is still, even sometimes there's only vestiges is called freedom. You know, the ability to go out and discover the new land and, and have adventures and go places and do stuff. Right. Right. That's, that is quite different from, you know, maintaining the status quo and making sure that, you know, uh, you, uh, you're defending your borders and all this, uh, so there's a whole lot lot of different uh, historically uh, evolved attitude in, in being a Russian and running Russia as a country.
0: Oh, well, perfect. I have another question coming in. And folks, please ask questions. That's why we're here. I definitely want to hear from you. I know Jack wants to hear from you as well. This is from Gavin Stone. And Gavin is an author. I mean, he wants to know, do you feel feedback and communication of your achievements would have changed the outcome of your career and life overall?
1: <laughs> Try that question again, please. And because because that, I can answer this 10 different ways, and, and, I, and I would like to zero in on what the question really is after.
0: Okay, perfect. Do you feel feedback and communication of your achievements would have changed the outcome of your career and life overall. I guess that's a hard one for you because you have achievements as a spy. You have achievements as a worker in America, in the corporate world achievements as a father.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I even had achievements in East Germany. Uh, You know, I, I, I was uh, awarded a national scholarship that, that, that was a verity. I was hired uh, to, uh, as an assistant professor and was on a, Career path straight to tenured professor. Uh, tenured professors in Europe are have a much much higher standing than in the United States. So mm-hmm. so yeah, which one? And now I'm an author, and I did reasonably well with a book. Uh, so that's why I wanted to some. And I don't know in what way either one of these achievements, uh, you know, had an influence upon my life because. almost nothing I ever did was planned ahead of time. It was
0: Go ahead. What is your greatest achievement to you? That'll probably be an interesting question.
1: Ah, that's a new one. I never heard that one before. Uh, I, I want to make it really small because uh, the the most important is to, to raise your children and, Mm. and, and, once I I just told my both of my adult children in the United States, they're thirty three and thirty. Both of them individually, I told them, based on how they're doing in their profession, and uh, how they are as individuals. I told them I would buy I would hire you, and that's a that's the biggest compliment I could make because I, I don't I don't hire friends. I never hired friends and relatives. I only hired competence. So I'm very proud of them, and uh, I have good reason to. One day say I'm proud of, proud of you to my nine-year-old, uh, even though right now she's fighting me tooth and nail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, from what I hear, that's uh, a little bit of you, uh, maybe uh, a lot. facing yourself. <laughs>
1: so, yeah.
0: Ironically, the pride may be, well, you know, you're just as strong-willed as I am, and you are your own person, kid.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, but we just got to make sure that it doesn't go overboard because you don't want to you don't want to go bowling and uh, as a young person and and the ball jumps outside of the the bumper cards that uh, that is a
0: problem. True, and we have a, another question from Marcel Penzari. Who do you see currently as a bigger threat, Russia or China? And if you don't mind, go into details as to why.
1: Well, hands down, China. And I'm not the only one, as uh, Marcel might uh, understand, that I have a lot of connections either with retired uh, intelligence professionals in the United States, primarily CIA and FBI, and even, you know, informal relationships with the FBI. Uh, All of us, we, we are in unison stating the same thing. It's China. Reason number one, China is economically much more powerful, and that means they have a whole lot more resources to put into espionage. Uh, you know, Russia, Russia's economy is uh, equal to roughly the what, what the state of uh, you know Georgia, you know, I heard uh, California, uh, uh, Texas, maybe it went down with the oil prices coming down quite a bit. Uh, China is number two in the uh, in the world behind the United States, not too far in sort of overall wealth. Mm-hmm. So, so this is a uh, this is a country that needs to be taken seriously, no matter what. China o- also has had a history of always uh, it, it's very he- he- hegemonal. Uh, I, I know only the <laughs> hegemonious? He- hegemonious, hegemonious. Very good. That's why you're the YouTube guy, and I'm not. <laughs> So, uh, uh, you know, thousands of years of uh, Chinese imperium and the communists are doing the same thing. Uh, There's always these long-term plans and the Chinese have uh, proven to counterintelligence that they are a force to be reckoned with. The most recent uh, spies that have been caught that were dangerous, weren't Russians, They were Chinese. And, uh, you know, that's it. You know, Russia has to be taken seriously for one reason only, and that's their nuclear arsenal, which is bigger than outside of the United States, is the second biggest. And you, 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 you have to have a relationship with them. You don't want to get to a point where they feel so threatened that they launch something.
0: Are you afraid of that? Because that is something that I personally worry about. and I don't know enough about it, but I, I wonder if Russia is economically in trouble and sometimes, you know, a cornered animal or, you know, a country that's potentially unstable. I, I worry about an unstable Russia.
1: Uh, one thing I know, neither the Soviets nor the Russians are suicidal.
0: Thank God for that.
1: They're not, they're not driven by a suicidal agenda such as, uh, you know, the radical Muslims. Um, I, I would be more worried about a, the, some of those weapons falling into the wrong hands and, and b because it's an aging arsenal that may not be as well maintained as it was in the beginning. Uh, some some accidental launch. Uh, having said all of that, you know, I can worry about it all day. I can't do anything about it, so I usually put these thoughts out of my mind. Uh, that was my mo anyway. Because if I had worried mm-hmm. about everything that I was doing, I would probably my head would have exploded. So I can I sort of focus on what I can actually impact influence and you know that nuclear conflict it's way out of my sandbox
0: okay so compartmentalization is a tool of yours
1: a big one i I, you know i probably have more compartments that uh than uh the town i live in and the rest of the folks together
0: (laughs) (laughs) but that's also been a challenge for you i think we were talking about that in my previous interview that yeah you felt really alone partly because of that
1: uh that and you know i have two major compartments that really don't talk to each other very well uh <clears throat> i i speak fluent german i speak fluent english but uh if you were throwing a german word at me right now my english would halt mm. because because a different uh part of my brain would start firing and and the german and the english uh have not learned to uh, communicate because i learned english from german up to a point and then i I learned German-English based on English and suppressed the German. So the two do not communicate. And while I was, uh, you know, living that double life, the German and the, the English persona of me also did not really communicate very well. To what extent there's still residual effort uh, impact, I don't know. I wish, you know, some neuroscientist would uh, come come out of the woodworks and put some electrodes on my brain and figure out what's <laughs> going on in there
0: <laughs> uh, well you know that makes me wonder and i always ask polyglots especially um what language do you think in do you english. think in both depending absolutely on what you're english.
1: doing absolutely english um wow. the only thing the only thing that's left over and i read about this and i i'm not an exception <clears throat> i still count in german
0: hmm that maybe it's, it's a residual so early in development
1: Maybe, but uh, I I started dreaming in English uh, uh, at the end of my first year in the United States, and ever since then, English became my primary language, the language I'm more fluent in and the language I'm thinking in and dreaming in. Uh, But I can switch to German. Give me about uh, a week in Germany, and uh, you wouldn't know the difference.
0: Wow. See, that's amazing to me because I speak mostly one language.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh that's okay as long as
0: you speak one. <laughs> exactly. All right, I have another question. Um actually here's a follow-up from Gavin on his earlier communication from the KGB about your achievements in America as opposed to compartmentalization. Okay. Uh, so achievements.
1: See, this is um this is a double-edged sword here. Um uh, I always thought that I didn't achieve much. And in my own mind, I didn't because I clearly didn't uh, find out any secrets. I clearly didn't make contacts with folks <clears throat> that uh, were decision makers that uh, or influenced decisions. All I did was hear, and then I and you know, I did some special tasks. I wrote reports about uh, uh, you know the the mood uh, amongst Americans. I profiled people that could have been recruited but in my mind as a you know the the super ambitious person i wasn't I, I hadn't achieved enough but but then again apparently and there's people in in the united states intelligence ser- services who said you are underestimating your value to the kgb the fact mm-hmm. that you were there here that means mm-hmm. was very important to them and i have to sort of uh, but i, I I didn't know this. I didn't embrace it. And and even today, I have a tendency to underplay because I don't like bragging about myself. Uh, Yeah, I I survived. I managed to stay altogether 16 years undiscovered, which I believe is a record because the previous record was uh, 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 Colonel Abel, who was featured in the Bridge of Spies, who, who managed 11 years um and that in and of itself is counted as an achievement. And while I was here and active, I was a, an important asset to the uh, Soviets. They just didn't take advantage of me in that manner.
0: That makes me curious. I, I believe your ultimate mission was to establish an identity and then build, if you will, a fortunate influence around yourself, like become a yeah. uh, financier or industrialist, you know, something like yeah. that. But if yeah. they knew that there was a 10-year shelf life, I mean, most people don't become an industrialist in 10 years. It takes yes, one. You know,
1: um, the, the, the the original plan was actually would have worked if uh, if it hadn't been for the damn little detail. The devil is always in the detail. <clears throat> the, the plan was for me to, once I uh, get a genuine American passport, <clears throat> for me to uh, travel, you know, move to, a German speaking European country and establish a business there. And then, uh, and the Russians had experience in doing that. They would have funneled a bunch of monies into that business in some way. And let's say uh, the business grows to about 10 million and I repatriate the money, come back to the United States. Mm. At that point, you know, people might ask us oh, how did you make all that money well i have a great cover story people wouldn't even go look any further you know whatever it was and with that kind of standing in society i could have uh, bought an apartment on fifth avenue
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know um, uh, knock on the doors of the westchester country club which has an uh, whatever initiation fee of a hundred thousand dollars
0: and parties, went,
1: bingo and with my with my very deep and, and wide education. I wouldn't have any problem, you know, uh, socializing with upper class in, individuals in American society. That failed. And so plan B, that failed because I made some mistakes when acquire, uh, when applying for the passport. Passport was not issued. So now uh, plan B was a long ramp up. Hmm. I was already in an existing asset. I already made it as an American. I was already in society. I had a job. So they said, well, go to college and try it that way. And that was a much longer, uh, clearly much it wasn't planned that way, but it was a much longer point to where I could have been useful. And at one point, if I had still been in the pay of the KGB, I would have been useful because I worked 15 years in the electric energy industry.
0: Right. Well, <clears throat> which put you on the grid. Do you know if that has ever been successful that have they done that either here or somewhere else, that exact plan of you know planting somebody, getting them in there, giving them the fortune, and then they rub elbows to the top society. Uh,
1: not to my knowledge, not uh, my way, but in the forties and fifties, that is now proven. There were, a number of KGB agents in the American government, but they were born Americans, and they mm. were recruited based on their communist ideology. I mean, this is this used to be denied for many years, but uh, since the uh, uh, since the Venona project, uh, w- which uh, in include was de- decrypted KGB messages, since that was made public, it's quite clear that uh, they had people in the State Department. Uh, and in other parts, a section of, of government. Uh, other than that, I'm not aware.
0: Was that, I can't remember, it's the Rosenbergs or, I think it's Rosenbergs or Rothbergs. Is that when no, they the found out?
1: Rosenbergs were atomic spies.
0: Right. Uh, Is that when they found out that they, in fact, were? Because there was a big, um, for a long time, people were saying that they were kind of um, put up on false charges and executed unfairly but i believe over time it's been proven no they oh yeah
1: the, the rosenbergs uh th- there's proof no the the proof that the rosenbergs were actual spies came out of uh uh the matroking uh, uh documents that uh he smuggled out of the kgb archives uh so uh and and the rosenbergs were not involved with a crowd that uh uh, made it into U.S. government. They ran a bunch of folks that were that participated in stealing pieces of the uh, atomic secret.
0: So, like old school communists that were living here, because a lot of communism was firmly established in the United States too. Yes, the
1: CPUSA was a was a force to be reckoned with. And uh, what happened with the, with the folks that were successfully recruited? And and I met two of them. I was actually uh, trained by two of those uh the moment they were recruited they left the CPUSA and just did like just checked out of political life.
0: Hmm. Yeah, they graduated. Uh,
1: those those days uh, uh you know the KGB was extremely successful. Uh and there's there's evidence that uh uh the uh the discussions at Yalta where uh Stalin uh um uh, Roosevelt and uh, uh, the British guy uh, Churchill got together were influenced by KGB, and uh, as a result of that, Roosevelt actually gave up Poland. Oh, wow. it Turns out that Poland became a uh, the Soviet satellite state. Uh, yeah, there, there was some, there was some, there was some stuff that happened that was influenced directly by the KGB.
0: Some real chicanery. I've got a question from Gamer by or Gamer Gamer Byte. It looks like okay. Have you traveled to Russia since you quote turned? Is it a desire? Any places you wish you could go that you can't?
1: I don't really talk to cats. <laughs> hey we, now, cats I got cool. two of them at home. They don't listen to me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no i haven't traveled back to russia and it's one country i would not ever go to i have no reason to uh no there's plenty of places in russia that i haven't seen that might be of interest but russia is a cold country and you know the w- what is worth seeing in russia even to uh, today would be the tradition I, I i lived in moscow for 2 years i went to see st petersburg which is extremely uh, interesting and, and and very very attractive you know, and there's there's a vast country behind it uh, might be worth exploring, but I'd rather go to Brazil where it's warmer and, you know, Russia. <laughs> and any kind of a, a state that is sort of close to Russia would uh, uh, physically, as well as maybe uh, as, an, as a potential ally, maybe I would be very cautious. You know, for instance, if I had an invitation to go to Turkey tomorrow, I wouldn't.
0: How about Prague.
1: Yeah, no problem. Absolutely okay. no problem. I, I I was in Warsaw two years ago for okay. uh, for about a week. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, the the countries that used to be part of uh, the Warsaw Pact, you know, the, the communist uh, uh, camp, uh, all of those are extremely safe because they're super super anti-Soviet and anti-Russian.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, they're almost more right-wing than the United States. Oh, yes, States. <laughs> bet. All
1: of them. There's no exception.
0: It's kind of funny, too, because there are, there is sort of, we talked about it before, a new love for communism, you know, growing here. I don't know if it's a new love or just popular love, and they call it socialism or democratic socialism. To me, it's all spectrum-y. Let's but... uh
1: Let's just be real. Uh, the communist ideal... <clears throat> has had has now and always will have tremendous appeal to young people I mean think about it let's all get let's all get along. We're all fundamentally sure. good people. The reason that we are sometimes not good is because the circumstances that we are in, so if indeed we change those circumstances and whatever oppression there is and be that, uh, you know, women are suppressed or people of color or people of religions or other religions. You know, let's just all get along. This is a wonderful idea. How do you not buy into that? How do you, as a young person, as a romantic, and I grew up as a a romantic, so so, uh, reality is such that this romantic idea has been tried and tried and tried and it failed every time because even if you take if you take the shackles off of individuals that doesn't necessarily make them good
0: is it that like just the work that way is that like the um old churchill saw i don't know if it was churchill who initially said it but he's credited with it quite a lot that um uh if you're young and you're yeah. not liberal yeah. you have no heart and if right. you're old and not conservative you have no brain
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> And that's pretty much described my journey. Uh, I th- I still think I have a heart, uh, except I don't allow my heart to overrule my brain. Right. And you know, and if you if you pay attention to history, there's one thing I can say loud and clear: there has uh, there has never been a country that successfully implemented the communist ideal. Every one of them that started, and I can I can imagine that Lenin actually meant what he said he didn't want to become a dictator he wanted to free the world from uh the bad capitalists lenin and castro and many others but every one of those efforts became a dictatorship and very often a very murderous dictatorship so
0: is that by design in the sense that the design of itself kind of forces that situation. Like in order to make things even, you have to control the different sectors. And then if something gets out of control, then you really have to kind of hammer it down, hammer that nail. Otherwise it's going to snag.
1: It's You're right. It's not by design. I would think it's built into the model. It's built into the model because for this to work, you you have to have allegiance to the state because the state ultimately is the the most powerful agency that makes sure that everybody is happy. Yeah, but if you don't want to be happy the way the state uh, tells you to be happy, then you are a challenge to its authority, and uh, the the authority will take um, various means, including imprisonment and eventually uh, execution to maintain its authority because it has, by itself, it has arrogated to itself all moral authority. And that's fundamentally completely uh, uh, 180 degree opposite of uh, the way the United States was formed and supposedly is uh, still operating.
0: Now let me go piss everybody off. Let's hope the numbers don't go down. But our current situation with um, coronavirus and COVID I'm seeing a lot of cases out there they're they're widely reported. I don't know if this is a trend or it's aberrations, but there are people who are going outside and getting arrested and there are prisoners who are being released. And I'm wondering do you with your background and your knowledge do you fear a little bit of what you are hearing or seeing right now with the current situation.
1: Okay, so <clears throat> if you if you go to my website, uh, I published uh, about almost two years ago uh, a uh, <clears throat> an essay, a blog, uh, entitled "Quo Vadis, American Government," where I'm talking about the dangers of centralizing power, and the more you centralize it and this, this happened in Germany and who says it can't happen here. I'm not saying it happens tomorrow. I'm uh, I, and, right. and don't, don't put a label on me. I am oh, too
0: late. It's already done. In terms it's in the show notes, in,
1: in terms of, uh, part of <laughs> politics, I consider myself a libertarian in philosophy period. And I'm not an extreme libertarian, but, but, uh, you know what happened in germany in the in the 30s uh, a, a highly centralized state was taken over was ready for the taking by hitler if hitler had not been able to uh, inherit a fully functioning state he wouldn't have been able to hang on to power so uh, it, uh, there's an in my view an inherent danger in too much power concentrated in in one place and our founders knew about this and the old Romans knew about it, and you know the Roman anti- Empire didn't fall apart until the emperor, you know, took care and, and arrogated the power all to himself. Mm-hmm. So, so what we see now here is uh, uh, more of a tendency to ask the government, whichever government that it is, help us, uh, save us. You know, we we willingly will obey your orders and so forth, and that may well be the right thing to do in an absolute crisis. The question mm-hmm. whether this is an absolute crisis is uh, something I don't want to argue because there is a lot of lot of uh, uh, data uh, that are either being ignored or that that are that are sure. overplayed and blow, so, so on and so forth. But but if. If indeed it, it, it is one of those situations that uh, that does not require absolute radical measures, we should not easily give up freedoms that are we um, we are guaranteed under the constitution. And uh, I'm I'm concerned that now some people will try to take the law in their own hands, and I don't like when people like run around with uh, with weapons. Sure. Protesting against a what appears to be uh, oppressive government. One accidental shot could trigger a catastrophe. So that's I mean, these people are despicable. They should not do that.
0: I agree. And oh, I ran off a few people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good times. So I'll jump back into safer territory. Um, Despite current relations, do you think Russia and the USA are the best of enemies? Or do you think there are bigger concerns? And I guess best of enemies is kind of like frenemies. Have you ever heard that term? Where- yeah, I, I
1: heard it. Uh, you know, there was a while where, where it appeared to be the case. Uh, I would I would say we are clearly adversaries. And it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, friends, no, because, you know, Russia is expanding again. And, and Russia is actually, th- you know, we have members of NATO that are uh, feel threatened by by Russian expansion, the the uh, the Baltic states primarily, and you know the uh, the the takeover of a part of uh, what was Ukraine, Crimea, and so forth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, uh, we here's the thing. We we even have things in common with China, where we have to really clearly identify what we have in common. And neither China nor Russia nor us want a nuclear war. So there's, uh, there's, there's something where we need to work on to the extent we can, but uh, there's many other areas where we won't be friends, friends and can't be friends.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. I guess we, we want there to not be too many other adversaries either. So at least we understand each other to a point.
1: Yeah, and you really also got to focus on the ones that really can do do you harm. And these two countries are still number one and two, uh, never mind North Korea and uh, Iran.
0: North it's- Korea is the cat's paw of China in many ways, though, aren't they? I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like China completely holds up North Korea. But I also wonder if they just kind of go, hey, NK, go do some stuff. Go cause some trouble.
1: Yeah. Without without support from China, North Korea would would have been dead a long time ago. They they, they it's a it's a club that they're swinging, and it's sort of uh, it, 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 there is no di- direct link. But we all know it that uh, they're using North Korea, and uh, North Korea, the dictators there are are willing to be used because they know without China they wouldn't exist. Uh, well, the other country that, you know, you want to worry about is Iran. But if, God forbid, it ever came to a war, we would destroy Iran in a day. I'm not yeah. saying we could. I'm not saying we, you know. No, no,
0: I understand that. Well, it would it, be draconian, though. I mean, we yes. could, but then the, the death toll, it would be so beyond. And they
1: know that. And that's why, you know, uh, the, the the mullahs in, uh, in Iran uh, apparently love their life, too. Uh, They're not the suicidal ones. They they,
0: send uh, others to do it for them.
1: They they tell young children that it's good for them to die for Allah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, always a fun thing. question here from Old Mop Parse Rule. So I, I, I have to go phonetically. It's an odd one. Did Jack ever interact with Robin Dreek? Robin Dreek's actually been a guest on the show a couple of times in the live stream. He uh, was FBI counterintelligence and he was responsible for building relationships with Russian intelligence. And if so, do you have any stories you could tell?
1: No. um, The, the name just uh, uh, came to my attention because I, uh, because of your, uh, your program. Uh, I have not met him. I, I just heard about him. But but I did meet uh, here in Atlanta a fellow who was in counterintelligence. Uh, and uh, he was at one point deployed in New York City. And his task was <clears throat> to look hmm. for people like me. Wow. That's, that's looking for a really small needle and a huge haystack. <laughs> and so one time we uh, he was there at, at a presentation that I made and I I spoke about him and I said it took him a long time but he eventually found me in Atlanta. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what what do you think about the um the spycraft or the law enforcement capabilities from, from what you've seen just in general? Who is spycraft? The the US. I mean, you know, as someone who has done it, I mean, do you Oh, have I, a professional appreciation for yes. the law enforcement's by crafter
1: I, I know the fbi better than i know the cia the fbi i work with real active uh, fbi agents and uh i have very much respect for for these folks they uh to with one exception and there's always an exception uh,
0: Always <laughs> oh, an asshole
1: they were highly intelligent people patriotic people uh uh played by the rules they would complain about the rules but they played by the rules and uh you know i have nothing but good things to say about the fbi uh i know of the cia but because i have now friends who used to be cia and these folks mm. know that they, they know their spycraft they they know it well uh the the problems that the cia ran into was primarily with the rogue operations with you know funded operation that then were allowed to go on their own take the money and do whatever they uh, Mm. uh, thought was right those operations very often went wrong
0: well that actually was a question i was going to have for you earlier Um, when i was comparing who you were as a person versus who you'd recruit would you deliberately recruit somebody who might be a little bit more weak of will or um have problems because you can control them better versus somebody who's very strong-willed and thoughtful and independent things like that
1: well you're looking for weaknesses my weakness would have been you know uh, in in my younger years uh you know love of self arrogance uh uh, easy to uh, be uh i'm looking for a word uh uh, and, well and easy to be sweet talked into believing his own sure uh greatness uh that was my weakness, other than that i didn't have any glaring weaknesses uh but we're talking about you know folks who have drug addictions or folks who uh, folks who who feel underappreciated, all kinds mm-hmm. of character flaws. Uh, or they have a skeleton in their closet, you know, they committed a, a crime that you, that you, um, that you know, or, 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 or you, you always, this is what you're looking for weaknesses. You, 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 now you've got to be aware that once you engage a weak character, that weakness could also be mm-hmm. their downfall. So you have to be careful the way you're handling them.
0: Okay. That, that's what I was wondering, because I would think that you would want to have that handle to control them, you know, just, something you can you know step on
1: yeah i mean we're talking about emotionally unstable people uh if you are the handler uh of somebody like that occasionally you need to just hug them and tell them that they're okay and they're and you're their best friend and you, you they will be taken care of and on and on and on you become sort of the a father figure a psychologist uh the best friend and all that uh i've i've heard this many successful handlers talk about this i i never handled anybody but i
0: right well you you would have uh, to what i meant is you you're a talent spotter so i imagine that you would look and say oh look he's got a bit of a drug issue he might be a good one he's sharp he's he's sleeping around a little bit on his girlfriend he's got a bit of a drug habit and he has access to this stuff
1: well he has alcohol on his breath when he comes to work in the morning you know that's whoa
0: you
1: know that yeah sure okay or, or, or you know deviancy and in, in the old days that 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 was more of a problem nowadays you know we're more liberated and <laughs> now it's a feature anymore <laughs> and i'm not i'm not talk- i'm i am not i am not i i do not have an agenda here i'm just observing uh you know in early on you know if you were a homosexual uh right uh, you would you would have been subject to extortion obviously okay, <laughs> wouldn't work anymore
0: no i mean ironically you brought that up deviancy i mean one of the most famous people in america right now is kim kardashian who really got famous off of a porn tape yeah and then built it from there so <laughs> how does that work okay well uh, you start out in scandal can work just as well as uh, honors here
1: well that's like swallowing a, an immunity pill you can't get much worse than that so, <laughs> you, so you're safe <clears throat>
0: Okay, a um, couple more. You got to suffer the cat again. Sorry, man. But um, we have hosted many high school foreign exchange students. It was always fun to listen to them call their parents on the phone after a month or two. They forgot their own native language.
1: Already? I guess.
0: <laughs> I guess it's a commentary.
1: In, in two months? That's interesting. Uh, I'm not... I can't I can't say yay or nay. Uh, I've never observed folks who... Uh, spoke in a foreign language for two weeks and then forgot their own. Uh, but it's possible, depending upon the fluency that uh, they uh, had true. achieved in English.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure it was just a case of, um, I, I, at, over time, you meet many people who speak foreign languages and they start to have to use like a, a Spanglish, for example, people, yes. st- you know, they, and they need, uh, yes. they need, and it's like, they know the word in English or Spanish and, and you can't quite get the um, thing. So I wonder if it's some of that when they call well, home.
1: Absolutely. There, there are many words that uh, don't have counterparts uh, direct translations in the other language.
0: Schadenfreude. Oh,
1: exactly. Gesundheit. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: one of my favorite words. It is such a perfect word and so perfectly German.
1: Yeah well and and the and the word gestalt which is used in in the mm. English language is is not exactly it has a it has a meaning that you can't uh, you can't that's why we're using it right <laughs> it's, right is in English <clears throat> yeah i get it mm-hmm.
0: and there's another one now strom and drum or something like that i can't strom and remember. drunk yep strom and drunk yeah that's a that, cool um german
1: yeah it's yeah sure that it, it takes a sentence to translate that <laughs>
0: And we have one more as we're starting to wrap up. Despite of the, all the... Comp- ah, easy for me to say. Despite all the compartmentalization, did you ever suspect anyone around you after you made a mark for a possible asset, did you ever have further encounters where you suspected they'd turned?
1: All right. Uh, the answer to both is no. <clears throat> um, but I, I must tell you, that over time you become extremely used to the situation you're in, and with that, you, your guard is going down. You're not you're not as sharp. You're not as observant. You don't you don't see a counterintelligence agent ar- around every corner. Uh, you cut corners in, in, instead. Mm-hmm. So you know, I more and more, as I said in the beginning of this uh, session here, uh, I became the role that I played, and and that role meant that I don't have to worry about anything or anybody. And so obviously that, that's part of the self-life situation.
0: I remember in your book too, you were getting resentful of having this interfering <laughs> with your day job. You're like, i got to do all this spycraft crap, I've got to go clean this, I spend my whole damn off day <laughs> just to yeah, pass the note. I, you
1: know, on a Saturday, I had to, it took me <laughs> a whole day to to compose a letter in secret writing and mail it. It, it took me a, until mid-afternoon, starting uh, early in the morning. And so, darn, you know.
0: <laughs> We're chilling. Everybody I else in the office the right is home. Track.
1: You know, I, I like the horses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would say that probably converted you more than anything. Mm-hmm. All right, we have one, um, we gotta, one more I'm going to close out on. What do you say to the younger generation that's embracing socialism ide- ideologies hmm.
1: Study history, just, <laughs> just 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 go read a history book read read one book that says history of the twentieth century." You don't have to go that far back 20th century that's all, and make up your own mind after that uh, rather than me telling you, don't. Hmm. You should you should make up your own mind and use your use your brain. I, I'm saying, I wouldn't blame anybody who is who falls in love with uh, socialist communist uh, ideals. Uh, and and remember, everybody, uh, it is part of human nature we are competitive animals, uh, and everybody ultimately is wired to look out for themselves first. There's a lot of people who who have overcome this, but the instinct is always to look out for yourself or at least your family. And and government individuals are people too. And so what is their immediate first instinctive, first interest? It must be preservation of self because if you're not preserving yourself, how can you be how can you do good things for others?
0: Good point. Good it, point. You
1: Cannot lose that that instinct to uh, to to be somewhat selfish. You can't.
0: Well, that's a great message to wrap up on. Now, Jack tours all over the place. You do a, a presentation. It's always available for hire. Correct.
1: Yeah, sure. When 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 people are allowed to gather again, sure. That, uh, I'm actually going to do a. a it's the first i'm going to do one uh for hire uh via this uh via this vehicle in the interest of uh, full disclosure this one is free because i like eric
0: well eric thanks you (laughs) (laughs) eric doesn't have the budget
1: yeah and you know and uh you know just check in with me occasionally i'm on linkedin and facebook i don't do twitter i can't express myself and and this lim- you, you, you've, you' you've people who hung in there, they know that I tend to be rather verbose <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and every everybody can find you also at jackbarsky yes, they sir. can see all of your time with sixty minutes, things like that yeah. and just to let everybody know, if you like guests like Jack Barsky, Robin Drake, who we brought up earlier, Chase Hughes, who just texted me on the side, who is a behavioral engineer, body language readers please subscribe. I have more coming and you get a chance to communicate. So thank you very much, Jack.
1: You're most welcome.
0: And thank everybody for watching. All right. Thanks so much for listening. And if you would like even more content and community, please consider joining my locals at unstructured.locals.com. And you can always find out more about me and my shows and everything I do at erichunley.com. See you next time.